deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, uh, I have some kind of unfortunate news for you. Oh no, what could it be? Uh, we were snubbed. What? We have been snubbed. The world-renowned Harry Potter convention was last weekend at, uh, or in, rather, Dallas, Texas, and we were not invited. That's crazy to me. Um, I think part of that might be because I didn't know about it, which maybe snubbed them and so they <laughs> snubbed us. <laughs> right. Yeah, kind of a mutual snubbing, I guess. I forgot that it was happening. Uh, and and I guess probably registration closed before we even had a podcast, knowing how conventions go. But next year, uh, LeakyCon, uh, look us up, because we would be happy to do a panel at LeakyCon. Uh, unfortunately, I can't actually find that much information about what was there, uh, I'm assuming that because it was last weekend, maybe maybe articles are still being written or whatever, if there even were any. Um, maybe everyone is just too gone off that butterbeer still to, <laughs> to, yeah, to write. Yeah, you have to go to the after party to get the fire whiskey, which I understand it is is fireball mixed with with cinnamon schnapps that's a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll really knock you the fuck out, honestly. <laughs> But there are there are a few tidbits here that I I would like to share. Great. Um, some 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 stuff that has leaked out, if you will. <laughs> um, there so there were two uh, actor interviews that have been published on our good friends uh, at the Leaky Cauldron. Um, I don't know if the Leaky Cauldron and LeakyCon are like intertwined or whether they just have similar names. I think they might actually be like Leaky, the same. Leaky cauldron puts on leaky con i think that that right? be, the leaky universe uh yeah <laughs> extended universe <laughs> um so they got some actors to, to so here's here's where we were really snubbed uh uh the interviewers at these at these actor panels were were other podcasters and i would fucking what? love are you to kidding do, yeah get the shrieking shack on here and let us uh ask you're burning let questions. Us, let us interview Johnny Depp. Oh shit! Yes, yes. The, <laughs> the the shrieking shack interview of Johnny Depp. Holy shit! We'll just keep Yikes. on asking him. Can we meet Marilyn Manson? Uh, can can we talk to anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's 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 the hot news. Uh, Allison Sudol, who plays our favorite character from Fantastic Queenie. Beasts. Queenie. Queenie. The horny uh, sister. The horny sister. She had some stuff to say about Queenie. Um, my favorite thing here is, is it's a Leaky Con's interview. Le oh, by the way, Leaky Con, again, this might just be like, a, I guess like a, a um, uh, I guess this is maybe their house style, did not just publish a transcript of the interviews. Well, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, they they wrote an article where they like applied thoughts and feelings that Allison Sudol must have been, you know, communicating with us. 
uh, uh, in the third person. It's very fucking strange. Um, but there's there's this little nugget here that I loved, which was when discussing how Queenie evolved as a character, Allison said she was initially written very far from the sensitive, enigmatic, and bubbly character we see in the film. Quote, Initially, she was written more like a bombshell, but if she had been described to me like that, I would never have thought I had a shot. What are you talking what? about? Uh, what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, I would say that literally bombshell is like the only thing I would say is like notable about her character in the movie because that's what she does. And I think she's even literally, literally described as that in the text. Yeah. I think if you go to the Harry Potter wiki, <laughs> the first line on her description is she is a bombshell. I yeah, I guess a lot of depth got added to that character, such as her sensitivity. She can. I don't know what that character does. When, she can feel when people are horny. <laughs> it's very, very sensitive, very enigmatic. Yeah, I, maybe I'll understand this character more once the once the second movie comes out, because clearly an hour and a half, or excuse me, like two hours, was not enough for me to pick up on these subtleties. Yeah. Yeah, uh, eventually, Allison said, the bombshell lessened and the warmth was able to come more. First of all, nice. Second of all, <laughs> still unsure of what she's talking about. And Queenie's power came through, something that Allison said she has cha- that has challenged, and, uh, challenged her and taught her a lot about herself in learning to feel what she feels. Queenie has this great gift, this great power, but she doesn't know that. All her life, she's been trying to be normal. A lot of the time, the thing that's most special about us is the thing we're most self-conscious about. What? If she doesn't know it, that's not self-conscious. But she definitely knows it because all she's all she does in the movie is read people's thoughts and 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 tell them that that they're that they're horny. Yeah, and doesn't doesn't seem to realize that that's a weird or maybe not very good thing to do to random people you meet for the first time. <laughs> this is this is a lot. Um. The main thing, though, is that Al- uh, that, that Alice Sudol uh, announced that she's working on an EP uh, uh, when at this convention. So that was very exciting. Good luck with that. Great. Um, I'm sure that everyone at the Harry Potter convention is very excited for that. Uh, um, God, I can't go off tangent. I can't go off go off on a on a leaky cauldron adventure here. But I'm looking at the sidebar here. Uh, would you like to know what they like featured essays are on on on? Yes, please, please. This this is a great preview because I'm sure you know we're gonna come back to these great essays that the Leaky Cauldron write. (laughs) So let so just hit me with these headlines. Let them wash over me because I love it. Okay, so one of them is the unforgivable curses, but un is is in brackets, so it's like the forgivable curses. Which Uh hit us up. We have some we have some opinions about that. We Uh, do. We do. The next one is the sorting hat, ideology, and free will. Hmm. That's going to uh, be a good one. I can and tell. And then this is the one that I desperately want to click, but need to restrain myself until after the episode. Please do. You're angry. I'm angry. Wow. Uh, what could that be about? That is so That's many so things. That's so exciting. That's I so exciting. It, it rules because I don't know how recent this is, whether this is like a random feature, whether this is a new essay. There's so many things. Gonna be, but but we must look away. This is like the mirror of error said. We, we, we must look away to uh, Devin Murray's interview uh, from WikiCon. That is the actor who played uh, Seamus Finnegan. 
I was about to say Dean Thomas. It was Seamus Finnegan. Oh, okay. Yes, sure. For a second, I I didn't switch gears from Fantastic Beasts. I was like, how is Seamus Finnegan going to be in Fantastic oh, Beasts? And the, well, so funny you Time should mention traveler, that. Time traveler Seamus Finnegan. For, funny you should mention that because uh, the best part of this, this interview is very exciting. He hasn't really done any acting since Harry Potter. I guess he's he just like took his money and like like opened a horse rescue thing which hey, is cool fair like, enough i respect yeah, that yeah like like fair play to him i think that's pretty cool um his, and he seems like a pretty nice guy from this interview there's one uh incredible detail here that i i i i i, I have to share um and it's that he was pissed off quote Ooh. when they announced fantastic beasts uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, he, and he has like this whole thing about how he, you know, he went into it thinking he was going to hate it. Um, and uh, he's me too yeah and he's kind of polite about it it's like oh but it was great and stuff. but but mm. he just sort of like only describes what he was feeling before he saw it, which is he was pissed off and he hated it um and also he he said he he says the wands and fantastic beasts are so much better we had shitty little wands which is kind of true <laughs> kind of That's true incredible. honestly like because the wands in the harry potter movies do look fucking stupid i think um yeah uh but yeah so so thank you thank you to uh to to devin murray for telling it like it is uh and 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 coming at LeakyCon. i can't wait to find out more about what happened at this convention um there's some really good merch uh LeakyCon merch uh would you like a t-shirt that just says fandom in real life mm, not really i gotta <laughs> say not really at all fuck so. okay well i'm <laughs> okay i have an order to cancel uh <laughs> <laughs> damn it i thought that would be a hit uh um but uh, I guess I'll just get you uh, this shirt that says uh, we assert our inalienable uh, right to party, which I guess is a quote from a minister of magic at some point. I don't know which one. It is? Uh, according to the shirt. Oh, I'm not. I'm feeling kind of like a like a fake fan. I don't know that quote. Yeah, me either. Um all right, so look forward to your new shirt coming in the mail. Uh, this has been kind of a slow news week since the Leaky Cauldron st- or Leaky Con. They're the same thing. Leaky Con news is kind of trickling out slowly. Um, what What would you, if you know, when we get our panel next year, what what what, what should we cover? What do you think? What do you think would be a good? You know, I think it's time to blow this whole thing wide open. I the the gentleman that was there the the actor whose name you told me three times and i still can't remember that played seamus finnegan you know he was talking about how pissed off he was and then he had to kind of back off and be like oh but i liked it i think that i think they need us like we need to be there and be like yeah we were pissed off and then that's the end of the story (laughs) i actually do like like i i i have a pretty genuine because like like jokes aside like i bet this would be a lot of fun to go to i bet there's a lot of cool like fan stuff there they have like a marketplace and everything so if they don't get shut down if jk rowling doesn't come and like knock over all of the fan artist booths or something (laughs) um it sounds like it could be a really good time but um like one of the panels was I'm like, I'd be curious to like see this or read it if it, you know, if it got filmed or transcribed or anything. But like one of them was queerness in Harry Potter, 
which I think is a great panel to have, but I can't imagine it was very long, right? Because the answer is there really isn't much. Maybe they meant queer baiting in Harry Potter. See, there's a panel. There's a panel. That's, but... that's our panel. <laughs> there, there's yeah, an there idea. I think we could do a good panel about Quidditch. Um, which is just a, God, panel, yeah. a panel where people ask us, it's more, it's less of a panel and more of like, like, you know, those dunk tanks they have at like county fairs. We would, we would be up at the front and we would just ask people to like, ask us about Quidditch and we would have to know, we would have to be able to recite the rules of Quidditch before we left. So we'd be there for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm not very clear on them so far. We're three books in. I I'm confident that by the end of book seven, I, I will know all the rules of Quidditch. <laughs> We we could just do a panel about the Norbert chapter, probably, right? Like, we could pick like pick all of our least favorite chapters because I'm sure I, I feel like so we had the Norbert chapter in um in book one and book two had a bad I mean they were all not great there was one that was quite bad I can't remember what it was though is it the one where they all go to Hagrid's hut and fifty characters all walk in <laughs> single file well, and- we we can one from chamber of secrets um it, no it's probably uh the chapter where we we learn about fox and his oh uh, bearing heavy loads and then like i guess a little bit of a preview for our chapter discussion today yeah. i think we're i think we're coming upon an uh what we will talk about at this panel from prisoner of azkaban yeah, um, so, yeah. so i think that could be a good one i think we have a lot of material so so we can Hit us up. You know, I really look look forward to our panel. And at the end of the panel, anyone that has stayed through the whole thing and hasn't stormed out angry, they all get sorted into Hurtwood House. Oh, fuck yes. Oh, we have a t-shirt cannon and we shoot it <laughs> yeah. at them. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, before, like I said, it was a slow, it's a slow news week. But before we, we, we dive into our reading real quick, I would like to share a headline or two that was shared with me. So I have Google News uh, alerts set up for Harry <laughs> Potter now that we it just a, it's a window into my life that I get regular daily updates about what's happening in the world of Harry Potter on my phone. It's not sad at all that, that I <laughs> that I excitedly not sad. excitedly whip out my phone when I hear the the, the Google alert going off to tell me that Bustle <laughs> has a new a new take on Harry Potter. Um, have you set a like custom custom ringtone for that? Do you have Hedwig's theme that plays? Oh, every time I really you get an should. Alert? Oh, I really should. I really should do that. But but uh, Screen Rant. Let's talk no. real quick. Let's no. talk real. No. Let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk real quick about Screen Rant. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't say we discovered Screen Rant because Screen Rant is a big deal. Screen Rant discovered us online. Yeah, it, like like Screen Rant discovered our YouTube recommended uh, uh, algorithm and just like wormed its way in there and and never came out. But they have a like text site too for their articles. Screen Rant is just like BuzzFeed, but like I guess specifically for fandom bullshit. Um, but, <laughs> but they love Harry Potter. They love it so much and. The problem with it is that all the movies are over, except I guess like Fantastic Beasts is coming out, so maybe we'll get some like new ones then. But like they have nothing new to talk about, and so the lists that they keep making are like increasingly insane. And this is just a sampling from like the past few months. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, twenty things. Twenty things that 20? make no that make no sense about Death Eaters. 
Um, uh, 20 crazy revelations about Dumbledore that even Potterheads didn't know. Uh, by the way, the first, the first entry on the, on the 20 things about Dumbledore that Potterheads don't know, the first one is he was in love with Gellert Grindelwald. What? All the Potterheads know that, Screen Rant. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Screen Rant, get with it. Get fucking with the program. Uh, one of the things that don't make sense about uh, Death Eaters is that uh, known Death Eater associates and sympathizers didn't face punishment. Hmm. Can't think of any real real life analogs to that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of my, one of my favorite features of Screen Rant is is like just how it's just the it's just the screen. There's li- they refuse context in at every chance <laughs> they, they they will rant about one thing only and it is the screen um speaking of god speaking of like things i want to click but can't stay on track they're they're trending the number one trending article on screen rant right now is 20 things everything gets 20 things everyone gets wrong about the joker and i really oh, want to click that like i cannot i must not um but the google alert i got the one that i really wanted to share <sighs> 20 crazy details about Harry Potter's body. No. What? 20? 20 crazy details. About his body? About his body. Um, I was really hoping that that this would be, like, about that viral tweet about how, like, every time Harry gets horny, J.K. Rowling writes it as, like, something as alive in his stomach. But that doesn't happen (laughs) in here. Um, uh... This is just they they have got 20 things. What could it be? What I don't he has want a curse to... scar too. He there's a horcrux in there. It he's is got, the scar. He's Three. got blue eyes in the movie. Oh. Uh he's got um he is nearsighted. Guess you couldn't have figured that out from the fact that he has glasses. He once grew gills. I mean, true. That is true. He did grow gills. <laughs> true he it's, can talk to I snakes i feel like that that the way of saying that is a little bit misleading he can talk to snakes not sure what that has to do with his body <laughs> that's that's i mean i guess i guess talking is is something you has do with mouth. your body yeah <laughs> his hands were able to destroy professor quarrel simply by touching him damn damn, damn it's true fucking true uh so yes yeah, so thank you screen rant i'm sure we will return to screen rant one day but there's a preview of the kind of good ass content you can get from them yeah it's it's incredible because i mean obviously like you said they have to just churn out this content in these like easy to read listicle type formats but harry potter has been over so they just get crazier and crazier um my favorite like aspect of screen rant is when they almost like approach criticism <laughs> like real media criticism as like an accident <laughs> yeah i mean that like that, that death eater one comes close right like there's several things in the death eater article it's like well how come how come the the death eaters never got punished how come everyone just hangs out with slytherins who are sympathizers it's like yeah how we'll come? never know <laughs> We just have to wait for J.K. Rowling to tell us. Oh, I wish she would. I wish I wish she would tell us. I wish she would tell us what was going on in the chapters we read this week. Specifically one of them. Oh my god. Shall we? Let's do Let's. I'm fucking... You know how excited I am? We've, <laughs> okay. We've been reading 
Prisoner of Azkaban having a blast, right? It's a great book. Yep. But we haven't really, I mean, aside from us goofing on on the the three broomsticks scene, there's not really been much to to like to dunk on here. And like I've been chomping at the bit to just like get into some Harry Potter shit, right? And holy shit, this chapter delivered. It sure did. I am gonna jump right into it. I I guess again, I try to I try to just say the events as they happen. It's going to be tough for this one. Not a <laughs> lot happens. It's quite a long chapter. I'm just gonna go right into it. Just this is chapter 13. It is titled Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw, which maybe you remember from last week also has just the greatest illustration of it. It really does. This is the best part just of it. Really oh. excellent. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so we're jumping right in uh, at the end of the last chapter. It was that cliffhanger, you know, Scabbers has been eaten by Crookshanks. And we go right back, right back into it. And Harry is, is kind of thinking to himself, He's like, Ron and Hermione are not friends anymore. They they are fighting. He doesn't think that they're ever going to be friends again. Hermione like won't budge. She thinks that she's right. She doesn't know that like she's like, Ron doesn't have proof that Crookshanks ate scabbers. It could have been hair from Christmas. Ron is like, you know, Hermione's cat ate my rat and I'm mad. Harry then cheers Ron up momentarily by inviting him to Quidditch practice. And it's the last practice before their match with Ravenclaw. Cause he says to Ron after practice, you can, you can try out uh, the firebolt. At Quidditch <laughs> practice, we learn about Cho Chang, the Ravenclaw seeker who is very good, but luckily she has a really shitty broom. The entire, the practice is pretty long Everyone loves the Firebolt. It's the best Quidditch practice ever. Madame Hooch loves the Firebolt. They all play great because they are inspired by the presence of the Firebolt. Oliver Wood asks Harry, kind of like in passing by, like, oh, you figured out your Dementor problem, right? Harry says that he has. After practice, Hooch has fallen asleep, and so Ron gets a chance to to fly around in the Firebolt, and it's, again, just the best broom ever. Everyone loves it. It's wonderful. On their way back to the castle, Harry sees some glowing eyes and thinks it's a Grim, but it turns out it's Crookshanks, and, and Ron gets mad again because he remembers uh, that his rat has, has possibly died. Uh at breakfast the next day, I think it's the day of the Quidditch match, Harry brings the firebolt to breakfast and everyone crowds around it and looks how cool like at how cool it is, <laughs> including <laughs> including I'm I'm being objective here, including Cedric Diggory, who's like, hey, nice new broom to replace your old broom, and also Penelope Clearwater, who is Percy's girlfriend and wants to hold the firebolt. At the game, <laughs> Harry sees Cho Chang and thinks that she's really pretty. And then they play the Quidditch game. I don't even really know how to summarize it. It's a very, like, play-by-play. The Firebolt is so good. We get some idea that Cho Chang is probably pretty good at at flying, and we get some kind of interplay with Cho Chang and Harry. Uh Uh-oh, Dementors show up. Looks like there are about three of them, but Harry triumphantly casts a Patronus, but I think it's, like, kind of a shitty, wispy one. Uh, and then he catches the snitch. But it turns out they weren't Dementors after all. It was Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, and and Marcus Flint, who is the captain of the Slytherin Quidditch team. And they were dressed up as Dementors to try to scare Harry. 
but they get in big trouble and McGonagall gives them detention and takes a ton of points away from them. There's a big party after the game. Harry tries to talk to Hermione, but she's overworked and busy. She's like, yeah, I'm glad we won. I have to work really hard. But Harry's like clearly trying to like show that he's still friends with her, even though Ron is like super mad at her. Uh, we go back. Percy finally is like, everyone go to bed. It's really late. Later that night, Ron wakes up screaming because Sirius Black has broken into the dormitory and is, is above him with a knife. But Sirius Black, like once Ron screams, he runs away and escapes again. When McGonagall comes out and is like, how did Sirius Black know the password? It turns out that Neville had written all the passwords down and then left the, sh- the paper lying around. And that's how he got in. And that is the end of the chapter. How is that for objective? That's the, yeah, that's about as objective as you could possibly be. What the fuck was going on in this chapter? <laughs> So, yeah, I I guess I will sum it up overall is that there are like two paragraphs that are fine, like plot related stuff, mostly like the, uh, you know, Ron and Hermione fighting and trying to figure out where Scabbers went or if he died. And then also with Sirius Black breaking into the dormitory at the end of the chapter, this is probably a combined two paragraphs and the rest is the most insane, bonkers, like, sports stuff (laughs) that reads like it was written by an alien it really does like okay (laughs) the only way i could see this making sense at all and i was waiting for this to happen because it's been a while since i read this like was for like i was like i was like oh this is like pride before the fall right like everyone's obsessed with this fucking broom and then it's like gonna be too much for harry to handle or he's they're still gonna lose like something is gonna make this make sense but no it's just an entire chapter of everyone talking about how fucking cool it is and there's there's a line that's like the the narration where it says like you know harry and ron were walking around talking about the superb handling the the incredible acceleration and the the good mouthfeel of the of the <laughs> of the fireball like it's like what is does jk rowling think that people like like sports for the gear the most like I, you you root for the team that has the coolest gear yeah you find a player who has the coolest cleats on the on the old football field there uh and you talk about the cleats the entire time. And in fact, <laughs> in fact, you run faster if you are inspired by the presence of the nearby very good cleats on your, your, it's your like, team member's feet. It's like an RPG. It's like it's like he equipped the broom and got like a party bonus. Like, what the fuck? This whole and it doesn't stop. Like, it is it's not a short chapter. No. It's so bizarre and it keeps going. And I, I'm always like, that's going to be the most insane thing I've read. But it just keeps it <laughs> keeps going on and on and on. And it's like the most uncritical presentation of not understanding the appeal of sports, even for one second. <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK, to be fair, I will start at the beginning here because there is some stuff okay. I like. I, I think I think the. The the conversation between Fred, George, and Ron about Scabbers is very funny. Uh, um, I, at this point, much like Malfoy was kind of like putting on his injury, I think that Ron 
is clearly putting on being upset about Scabbers a little bit because he loops for drama or something. But like Fred and George, like they're, they're being kind of callous, but I think they're kind of right. Like, like the, like all you did about Scabbers was complain like all like he was fucking old like like why are you milking this and like i, I thought that was like a, a an interesting character conversation yeah we also get Ginny. uh one of her character traits that keeps coming up is that she's an animal lover that's true i say that non-ironic like i that seems yeah. to be true she always has something to say when someone says something mean about an animal she's always yes. there to say you know to be mad i like or, or i like those um yeah, I I'm uh, I feel like the Ron Hermione conflict is getting a little bit in the weeds for me. I I have really been enjoying Hermione being like I guess technically right but also wrong in most cases. I feel like this chapter is where we kind of pivot on that and it's starting to muddy the waters a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um and I think it's going to continue that way. And I think when this all started, I think I had said that I think thought that that was going to happen where it was like Hermione's arc just kind of falls flat because it just is going to be, oh, she was actually right the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There's like shades of that here. Um, and and I don't. I. I. I don't really know, like it stalls here, right? And I, 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 I don't know for what purpose it, it it has stalled because the, like that you know there's it mentions that like oh like like they're still angry about her or like like Ron's still holding the firebolt thing over her and then also this crookshank stuff and it's like why like why why do they still need to be fighting at this stage? Um, or at least like, why does Hermione like Hermione thinking that, that, that like, or like, oh, it could have been that like the Harris could have been there from, from Christmas when I brought the cat in. Like, that's just being stupid. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. like, like she, like we know that by the grace of the plot, she will be correct. And, and, and Cookshanks did not, you know, eat, eat scabbers and scabbers is secretly a bad guy, but like, like in terms of like being a character who is like behaving like a normal person, I feel like that crosses a line into just like Hermione is being kind of cruel here. Yes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also feel like the way the text presents it is that I'm supposed to be more sympathetic to her. It has, it has moved over into feeling like I'm supposed to sympathize with her when I have a hard time not just feeling like she was irresponsible, right? I mean, this has been a, a constant thing where it's like, Crookshanks is out to get scabbers. She should be responsible for her pet. Um, like, that seems just true to me. And the way that the text presents it, especially at the beginning of this chapter, where it's like, here's what Ron thinks and here's what Hermione thinks. And I think that I'm supposed to read that and be like, wow, they're both being silly. Yeah. And like, Ron is definitely lording it up. But also, like, Hermione has shown zero, like, growth on this topic, I guess. So in some ways, I can't really blame him at this point. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, weird. Her pet 
killed his pet, right? I mean, it, it is not true, but it, but in this case, and yet she will not say she's sorry, and we get this common refrain of like, oh, that's what cats do. And in yeah. fact, we get, we get back to that we get in back the next to that. chapter. Yeah. Yeah, we can't skip too far ahead on that yet, but yeah, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm so, not... So, I, I don't know. Like, I think that some of the individual scenes are very nice. I like... Fred and George talking to Ron. I even like that scene that we will get to next next chapter with Hagrid. Um, but I also just don't really like the way this is all shaping up. Or, yeah, or well, it's, really it's, by what I'm supposed to think of it. Yeah, I guess. the author's voice coming through here is baffling to me. Like, like the the you know the between the lines, like what I should, what I feel at least is like being presented as like what I should be feeling here is very <laughs> muddy compared to what I previously was you know quite enjoying as like character drama. Um, yeah, and it does not help that everything else we get in this chapter is just full on psycho. Um, <laughs> okay, so first of all. Uh, okay sure the fireball is good right like congrats harry you got a cool broom this builds in such a way it makes me fucking hate harry and the broom and i want to pick it up and break it over my knee like yeah it's it is so bizarre and i i don't am i supposed to think this is extremely cool i guess i'm supposed to feel like harry right yeah so I'm like I, I, I it's I, so weird like so so they're they're all like they're they are worshiping at the altar of like an expensive like the, the, everyone everyone at hogwarts has become like a motorcycle dad like like harry just rode his new matte black harley or you know up to <laughs> up to up to the work parking lot and every, all the dads are going out to to go like whoa how many how many horsepowers can you do a wheelie on that uh when you play acdc on it really loud can you actually hear it like 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 that's what they're all doing right now and it feels so uncritical and stupid and because the fireball is like a like i i know is a presence that will stick around this just feels like a weird story about how like for one the racing broom that he had previously was also like a top of the line expensive thing that he probably shouldn't have, right? That a teacher yeah, that bought was my, him. Yeah, that was my understanding. It was, it was a, that was the top of the line broom two years ago. This is the top of the line broom now, right? Because he, I mean, we get that scene in, in Diagon Alley, so it had just come out, and this is the this is the broom that the professionals will be using at the, you, you know, the the Quidditch Cup or or whatever. Yeah. And, like, am I supposed to, like, I'm not, like, like you know, I'm not saying that, like, everyone should be, I guess, like, outright jealous or anything, but, like, it's, is this what the sport is? Is the sport is just, like, whoever can afford the coolest broom? Because that, like, that was a big thing in Chamber of Secrets, right? Like, oh, like, our seeker didn't have to buy his way onto the team. It's like, no, he just had the most expensive best broom given to him by someone else. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it because like some of the lines in here like i i feel like there's no individual line i can read that really gets across how much this chapter beats you over the head it's like every paragraph with has this one. it is on and on we we get like like when when ron gets to ride the broom it says ron with an expression of ecstasy on his face mounted the broom and zoomed off 
Um, the, I think the weirdest part is when Oliver Wood is giving Harry the 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 talk about Cho Chang and saying like, oh, she's pretty good. He says, she's a fourth year and she's pretty good. I really hope that she wouldn't be fit. She's had some problems with injuries. Wood then scowled his displeasure that Cho Chang had made a full recovery and then said, on the other hand, she rides a Comet 260, which is going to look like a joke next to the fireball. <laughs> and I think just to think this is good. Like, wow, yeah. good sport, guys. Yeah, like, like, like great fucking, sp- also great fucking school sport regulations. Like, first of all, like. Like, like, imagine if just like, like you're on like a, like a, I don't know, like a little league softball team or something. I'm like, oh, that guy over there, he has like an actual, like fucking, like aluminum bat or whatever. And he's just going to knock, knock dingers every fucking time. And like, (laughs) like, you're not going to be able to deal with it. It's going to be great for us though. Real fun. Like, I don't, I don't get this. I, and I kept reading this chapter going like, okay, and something's going to fuck up, right? Or like. The broom's going to be too much for him to handle or, or, you know, they're still going to lose because Ravenclaw's a better team, but no, the fireball no, just, just fucking extremely rules. Good. It just it's fucking tr- rules. It just, it just won the whole thing. Uh, there is a, there is a line during the actual game where it, and it comes out of nowhere. And I think I laughed out loud because it, the whole, the whole rest of the chapter is just this weird broomstick worship. haha. ha. Um, and Harry's, and then it like, comes up that harry is like doing a dive and and he thinks like oh dives are my specialty since uh-huh. when i thought having the best broom was your fucking specialty <laughs> yeah. harry yeah your specialty is that you just like went into the character creator and just set all your stats to 10 like like i don't i don't get what i'm supposed to feel i don't get if i'm supposed to like that harry wins because he has the coolest broom um can we talk about the the uh i'm assuming that i'm not the the only one who thought this the the this this version of chamber of secrets is like golfer joke or or maybe the the percy jack in it joke the the, the, the masturbation joke yeah yeah penelope clearwater that's the joke there right she wants to hold the broom and then yeah i mean just i mean it has the line itself has has comedic timing because it's it's like says that so okay this whole scene is also just insane we have to set this up because okay we just we're we're coming out of that practice where the broom was just the best ever the broom was so good that everyone played so well it was just the coolest broom and it made everyone happy right and you're like that'll be it but no, the next, the very next scene, Harry brings the broom to breakfast. It starts off by saying that the broom like needed an honor guard. So they all <laughs> march the broom down there with the entire team. Harry puts the broom on the breakfast table. Like, look at my my big, my big expensive broom. Hee hee. And then Oliver Wood says, oh, turn the broom up so that people can see the label. Like, this is nuts. <laughs> this is Harry, crazy. Is Harry this cool? Just- Harry, Harry is like, I don't know. Harry, Harry is just like living, living life like one of those future songs where he says he left the price tag on his new car. Like, like he's just, he's just living it up, I guess. Um, and, and everyone loves it, right? Like, no single person seems to have any issue with this like thirteen year old parading around his his brand new 
uh, whatever, his brand new car, I guess, is all I can like think to describe this <laughs> yeah. as. And like bringing it to breakfast to show it off. And so that's this is where we get like this this kind of like broomstick dick joke because he has it at breakfast for some reason and everyone is coming up to admire it and then the way this line is written it says percy's girlfriend penelope clearwater asked if she could actually hold the firebolt saucy so yeah no i think that's deliberate it's and absolutely bizarre it's terrible um I okay. I will say I do kind of like the 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 actual story beat here of of Percy having a bet he could not possibly win with, per, oh, uh, with Penelope. Yeah. yeah, that that was good. There's there's a couple <sighs> of like good nuggets in here. Um, but then also immediately after this, uh, there's another much like the the, the uh care magical creatures lesson. I'm kind of on Malfoy's side here in this like argument where he says like. Got plenty of special features. Hasn't it? Says Malfoy, eyes glittering maliciously. Shame it doesn't come with a parachute in case you get too near a Dementor. Um, and, like, I mean, Harry gets, like, a good zinger, I guess, back at him. But, like, Harry is not in, like, the cool underdog position anymore. Harry has a fucking Ferrari. Like, he doesn't get to... I don't think he gets to, like, drop the snark as much anymore. I, I No, the... it feels bad. It... it... It feels so confusing when, like you said, you compare it to the whole like point of the Chamber of Secrets Quidditch arc was that was that Malfoy had the better broom but was not a better player. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're a good player and you have a cool broom, you're just fucking unstoppable. <sighs> it's just it's just so weird. It's 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 bonkers. It's nuts. And the actual game is not much better. Um we this is a weird return. Remember how there was like a Quidditch game earlier in this book that we really liked because it like was all plot driven and like other stuff mm-hmm. was happening. This is a return to like book 1 like Quidditch where it's just a weird like dialogue play by play except also not only is it a play by play but Lee Jordan is also talking about how fucking great the firebolt is and mcgonagall is a damn hero though mcgonagall is a damn hero in this point she's the only one with any goddamn sense in this chapter yeah she because lee jordan is going on and on about the firebolt and she jumps in and asks lee jordan if he if he's trying to sell firebolts um this is the moment you know that great fan theory where jk rowling is a witch and and she's actually Rita Skeeter because the wizarding world is all real. Um, I think she's trying to sell firebolts. I think she is too. That is all I can get from this. It is so strange. And then the fact that this this chapter even is trying to establish Cho Chang as a character in maybe the weirdest way possible. It's so. Uh, this is the first appearance of like like harry's romantic feelings i guess and i i love that the first thing he he like basically like notice like one i get oh she's really pretty and then two it's oh she's pretty good at flying but can't deal with my dive or whatever like <laughs> uh yeah and I, maybe i'm reading too much into this but 
did you get the like the hint of her using her like feminine wiles yes. to to throw yes. him off which oh is quite God. the introduction like like she's good but there was like a point where she like smiles at him when he like messes something up yeah this like weird competition between them is very strange and then there's there's a paragraph I I think that you sent me a photo of this paragraph because it's written in such a bizarre way with yes. a bunch of ellipses and it's supposed it's... to be like the action of the game. Um, I guess I can try to read it. I'm going to do comical pauses. And when I do that, those, I just want everyone to imagine an ellipsis because it's imagine, like, imagine uh, you're reading this on a MySpace <laughs> page that has like, I don't know, like a panic at the disco song auto playing that you can't, stop yeah yeah that's a good vibe for this so this is the action of the game harry turned and caught sight of cho she was grinning the snitch had vanished again harry turned his firebolt upward and was soon 20 feet above the game out of the corner of his eyes he saw cho following him she decided to mark him rather than search for the snitch herself all right then if she wanted to tail him she'd have to take the consequences <laughs> What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, so first of all, what I like the, the fuck, way Harry? That this, like I, I like this idea that like playing uh like like guarding someone in Quidditch is like a weird tactic. Like like yeah. oh, you're not you're not searching for the same thing I am. You're just guarding me. Well, fuck you. Like like is that, is that not a legit strategy? Like it seems like it is, especially when the person that you're competing with has a broom that makes yours look like a fucking joke. <laughs> that seems I like a like a the oh, only strategy believe, you could have. I can't believe the other defenders keep tackling me when I run up the field. Ugh. <laughs> Well, she's going to have to take the consequences. Gonna have to and the take... consequences are that he does a dive really fast. He does a really fast dive. <laughs> um, I so you're you're mentioning that like like this is written in a way where it's like oh Cho is is like using her her feminine wiles, which I definitely got that vibe. The the other part I want to know is um do you think she was pointing at the what they thought were Dementors because uh, she was genuinely worried for Harry, or do you think she was like, "That's part two in my bag of tricks"? Like, like, like. God, oh, shit, I, I, I hope it was. I better let Harry fucking deserves it. I don't care. Like, like. Yeah, Harry's Harry a dick been, in this chapter. He's been fucking jerk this whole chapter. It's so um, it, this okay. The the strange thing about this chapter is it it marks a a weird pivot for Hermione's character arc where I'm supposed to be like I like I I don't know I don't even know where my sympathy is supposed to be. This chapter also marks the point where Harry and Ron I just don't like them anymore. <laughs> they're just dicks in this chapter, like. Um, I I do kind of like the prank at least, like as a as a story thing, the Dementor prank. Oh yeah, is, me too. Is, and it's cute. And Malfoy was like standing or or like uh, sitting on Crab's shoulders to to look as tall as a Dementor. Mm-hmm. It's it's cute. It's cute that Harry got to you know do a do a Patronus sort of. Um, but so much of this chapter. And I wish, like, maybe it'll all turn around, like, by the end of the book, and this will all make sense uh, in retrospect. But, like, I don't this, think so. No, I like the closest <laughs> it comes. The closest it comes is Lupin 
like sheepishly telling him that like uh those were not dementors my guy like like good that's job like the, but yeah <laughs> yeah like like the one thing that like like is like the you know thing that shows harry he isn't fucking invincible or whatever but i i don't think it, that makes up for the rest of this chapter um they win the game like i'm i'm completely on hermione's side in that in that party scene <laughs> like as much as i am annoyed with hermione for for the rest of what's going on in in that arc like her just being like cool we won like i got work to do like i'm I'm with her. Like, I don't care that Harry has the coolest broom and, and, and won the game. Like, great. Yeah. He bought, he, it's Quidditch is pay to win, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I guess so. This, this is the school where the school sport is NASCAR, but your parents pay for the car you have, or you just get a very good car for Christmas anonymously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and like this, this feels so easy, right? To like ride around, like, stories about someone getting a very powerful object but being shown that like that's not the only thing that matters in you know be it sports or like take your fucking pick this is like like one of the three number one like like hero's journey stories right is like like what matters is is you know your brain and your heart and not your fucking magic broom that goes 100 miles an hour like 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 it just like harry's pretty good at dives too i guess (laughs) which when you when you fucking read that it like comes across as like the kid that has a broom but like also is just giving himself too much credit yeah also is doing is is doing a dive in quidditch a big fucking deal they're all on brooms like one of one of four directions they'll be going is technically a dive this is your fault because you wanted broom stats i did i this is the curse i brought upon us i did say that like i was kind of interested in like the broom manufacturing and 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 stats and and so but when i said that i didn't mean i just wanted (laughs) to know what the best one was you know like 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 if this I say one has like all the stats, like like if I say like oh I want to read about like interesting cars or something, I don't want I don't want like the answer that I I don't want is like here's the most expensive Lamborghini, you know like like that's not really what I meant. Um, uh, and and yeah, I I like I don't care that he has the best broom. I don't care about the broom. Um, I. I hope that he falls off. I hope it breaks and he has to use a shitty broom and learn to actually play Quidditch instead of just like powering through it with the best equipment possible. Like any of those things could be more interesting than, than, than this. Can we take a break from talking about brooms to talk about Cho Chang? Yes. Let's talk about Cho Chang. I forgot that she was introduced in this book. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd forgotten that she was introduced and also Cedric. Um, we've, this is, I think the first time we see Cho Chang, but we have seen Cedric in a couple chapters ago or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Cho Chang is a a bit of a hot button issue, uh, mostly because JK Rowling sure just made up an Asian sounding name. Mm -hmm. I, there has been some debate about this because there is the very obvious thing that jk rowling made up an asian sounding name and then there is a lot of like technical debate coming from like the harry potter fandom about whether like technically someone 
could possibly have that name, uh-huh. which I'm sure is true. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's like a lot, like people get really into the nitty gritty of like, there, there's, there's some debate because like Cho and Chang are both Korean surnames. So no, no Korean would have that name, probably. Also, Chang is like a romanization of a Chinese last name. So, so there's like a lot, there's a lot of debate, right? And I don't think it really gets to the heart of the issue, which is that it is very fucking obvious that J.K. Rowling just came up with some a, an Asian sounding name. I think that's <laughs> extremely obvious. Is there is yeah. there any like real debate there? Because I think that that is really what the issue is it's it's like there's that and there's this the fact that like how she's presented as a character is so weird like i i like i like i said i've forgotten that she was in this book and all i really remembered about her is that she was like a very short-lived like girlfriend for harry Uh and this feels so much like she is being introduced like like she's introduced to him in a quidditch game and he and like like it's so blatantly like here is an object for Harry to pursue. And I really don't like it at all. Yeah, it's it's not great. And then, I mean, we'll talk about this more as it develops, because I don't think we're going to see Cho Chang in this book much more. But later we get her set against Ginny Weasley. Like that is that is the conflict, right? It's it's like she mm-hmm. exists to make Ginny Weasley look good, um, which is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but i guess we're yeah. not there yet so I, I can't can't make my make my final judgment judgment about that but i i did think her introduction is weird and i also think that for an author that puts an incredible amount of like thought into every single name right all this dumbledore it means bumblebee like mm-hmm. clearly this is like the bare minimum amount of effort which is none <laughs> Uh, I have in my pantry a bottle of kosher soy sauce called soy vey. And I think <laughs> that is a more clever and <laughs> and extensive name naming convention than uh than Cho Chang. Yes. Just... I, and I think I think you know that any real debate about whether technically that could be a name is a little bit missing the point. <laughs> right. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like much of a good faith effort was made no, for this character. Not at all. And, and I think that the rest of the book kind of takes an unfavorable attitude toward Cho Chang in her, like cuz I mean stuff happens with her later, right? Her boyfriend dies, she is has complex feelings. She later joins Dumbledore's army but brings a traitor. Like like more stuff is going to happen with her and I'm pretty sure that the the text does not look upon her favorably. British culture has such a fucking chip on its shoulder about Yoko Ono. I swear to god that's what this <laughs> is, right? Like <laughs> Like, like yeah. Harry, Harry is the Beatles of Quidditch, but this fucking bitch uh, <laughs> just came in here and started distracting him from being good at Quidditch on his firebolt. 
is right is like like we're supposed to hate her she's the cool like like he thinks he has a cool asian girlfriend but actually she's a traitor who's here to ruin the beatles with her (laughs) with her sound collages like that's just the vibe i get from her character presentation (laughs) well we have a lot i'm sure we will talk about this a lot more going forward but uh yeah And, and again like i mentioned her like weird like feminine wiles thing being emphasized during the game it's like why um compare that to cedric's introduction as like the nice wholesome like he he is like a very good seeker but when harry was injured he was worried and like is just like this paragon of goodness i know i'm not supposed to read it this way but i did like like there's a my my head canon here is that when he said like congrats on finding such a good replacement for your nimbus he was being kind of a like sarcastic jack off yeah. like that's what i want this to be right like oh congrats you you replaced your fucking expensive best broom in the world with another one wow like great right like like nobody likes this kid that has this stuff and like gets the coolest stuff for like no reason every time when all the other kids are there with their like comet 260s right like yeah he's 13 yeah yeah um i I guess we have to we have to talk about the last the last good couple paragraphs in this chapter which is uh serious black yeah he he, here he is he's inside he breaks in uh He's got a big knife and he's he is there to attack Ron. But he doesn't and he runs away. Why did he run away? It's very cool. Like I I like all the serious black stuff. It continues to be exciting. It was hard. It was a like I felt like I was getting a little bit of whiplash going from the the insane Quidditch stuff to being like back to like good plot stuff for like, oh, right, the mystery is here. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to come to the defense of my man, Sir Cadogan. He did nothing wrong here. No, he didn't. He had the password. I don't see the damn problem. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? Like, Sir Cadogan uh, was fired. That is, I... Fucked up. Free my man. I can't believe this. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, and, and, you know, poor Neville, but like, everyone writes down their damn passwords. That's what, that's what everyone does. So... Yeah. Bummer. Also, like, Neville is super sad next chapter, but I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah. Shall we get into that? I think that's, I, I, are we, are we firebolted out here? I just, what, this is, the, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just the containment chapter for this book and all the stupid shit appeared here because everything else has been great and i like this chapter coming up quite a bit too so yeah yeah let's let's quarantine this chapter i feel like i could go on forever about the this crazy quidditch chapter but i don't think anything i could say really like can show someone how just bizarre it is reading this we we just find we finally have it we finally have norbert chapter 2.0 god just the worst. Okay, so our next chapter is called Snape's Grudge, which is a good start. Mm-hmm. Great illustration again, by the way. Yes, yes, very handsome Snape here. Um, a nice goatee. This is the the where the goatee Snape comes from. 
Uh, so we're we're jumping right in, and and the teachers are trying to fortify the castle because Sirius got away again. Ron is kind of milking his brush with death for attention. He really wants to tell the story, and he's really exaggerating it. You know, Sirius had a twelve inch knife or or whatever, and um, he was he was going to die, and he's just telling anyone that will listen, and is really liking the attention, and his kind of distracted from the death of his rat because he's so excited to have this. He's kind of turned into a little bit of a celebrity. Neville gets a howler from his grandma and is just kind of pathetic through this whole chapter. He's been barred from Hogsmeade trips and he has detention and he lost a bunch of house points and he's not allowed to have the passwords anymore. So he has to wait for someone else to let, let him into the common room. They've also set up security trolls. So he has to wait with the security trolls. Does new this is video game lore security <laughs> this, trolls this is video game lore um ron and harry get a, a an invitation by an owl not by an owl but via owl to visit hagrid and then when they get to uh hagrid's they realize that they forgot about buckbeak's trial because they were really uh preoccupied with sports Harry kind of invited them basically to scold them for being mean to Hermione. We find out that she's spent a lot of time with Hagrid uh, for Buckbeak. So like in the midst of all of the classes she's taking, she's also researching for Buckbeak's trial and, and hanging out with Hagrid because she's been lonely because Ron and Harry aren't really talking to her. And, and Hagrid gives them a little speech about how their friendship should be more important than, than sports and pets. They feel really guilty and things are maybe looking up for that for that relationship. And they might decide to to make up with Hermione, especially because Ron's been in better spirits with his his story that he's been able to tell. But on their way back, they're discussing Harry sneaking into Hogsmeade and Hermione overhears them and tells them that if they if Harry sneaks in, that she will tell McGonagall because she's scared that Harry will get killed. So their friendship is ended again. Harry says, like, I'm going to sneak in anyway, but I'm going to bring my invisibility cloak. He says this to Ron. And uh, they go to do that. On his way back from the tower to, to sneak into Hogsmeade, he runs into Neville, who tries to hang out with him because he's also barred from Hogsmeade. And then Snape runs into the both of them and does the, you know, what are you doing here thing. But eventually <laughs> Harry does get to Hogsmeade. And he and Ron have a great time. They go to Zonko's. They go to the post office where they see a bunch of cool owls. And then they go to the Shrieking Shack. Woohoo! While they're there, Malfoy shows up. Harry's under the invisibility cloak still, so Malfoy thinks that that Ron is alone. He kind of approaches and, and confronts Ron as being a bully. Crab and Goyle are also there. Uh, he's being really mean to Ron. But Harry decides to pick up some mud and throw it at Malfoy because he's invisible and he hits Crab and Goyle and they're freaking out. Ron is like, haha, sure, it's haunted up here. Uh, but uh, very unlucky, the cloak snags and Malfoy, and so Harry is revealed, but it's only his head. Harry runs back to the castle at top speed, has to get back in time so that he won't be seen and that hopefully no one will believe Malfoy. But he runs into Snape, and Snape sees that he's muddy. He has heard the story from Malfoy. But they do kind of a weird 
because Snape doesn't have any proof, right? He just has what Malfoy said. So he pulls Harry into his office and he starts questioning him. Harry won't admit that he was in Hogsmeade. So Snape starts insulting his dad. Harry gets really mad and says, my dad wasn't a jerk. And then Snape was like, you think he wasn't a jerk? Well, let me tell you the story about how he almost got me killed, but then saved me. Uh... And then Snape says to turn out to have Harry turn out his pockets. He finds the Marauder's Map, but it's just a blank piece of parchment. He he tries to figure out what the parchment is. It starts insulting him with the the names uh, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. And then he immediately calls Lupin and says to Lupin, "Like this must have a bunch of dark magic, but it should be pretty obvious to the reader that you know Snape Snape knows what's up." And then Lupin says, well, I'll take care of this. I don't think it's dark magic. He then confiscates the the Marauder's map, says, I know what this is. I know it's a map. Harry, like, I'm very disappointed in you. How could you do this? Your mom died to protect you. So how could you go flaunting the rules and trying to get yourself killed? That's the end of the chapter. Very good stuff in this chapter. I totally forgot about one detail. You reminded me here mm-hmm. with the Mooney Wormtail Pavit and Prongs thing. Uh, in the most insane line that isn't Firebolt related in the last chapter was when Fred and George disappeared to Hogsmeade to like get drinks for the party and came back. And he like Fred pulls Harry aside and says like, with a little help from Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Like he just like lists all of them to him in this like aside. <laughs> With a little help from Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Uh, Catch my drift. Like uh, Teen Wolf, um, Ratface, little bitch, little bitch, and Bambi. Bambi, those guys. That's right. That's that's right. my new head cannon. Hell yes. So there's a lot of good stuff um, in this chapter. Yeah, um, I love Ron's reaction to thinking he's he was nearly murdered by Sirius Black. Oh yeah, he loves uh, it. This he is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Loves it. He can't wait to tell people. And I love the specifically this this like image of him telling these girls this scary story about what happened to him and their immediate question being like, well, why didn't he why didn't he stab you or whatever? Yeah, like, and then Ron's like, damn, why not? Like, I don't know. Like, that was really funny. Um, him, his immediate reaction to Harry's letter from Hagrid being like, oh, he must want to hear about what happened. Like, like so good. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. I, I want to like everything about this chapter, but here we are moving right into the Hagrid scene. And yeah. I, I am, I'm really frustrated by the way that this conflict between Ron and Hermione is being presented. I am not that pissed at Hermione. I don't think that she's irredeemable. I think that at this point in the story, her pet killed his pet because she was being irresponsible. I don't know if this is just me. Like, this might be a me thing because this is kind of my philosophy about animals and that they're your responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I don't (laughs) think it's that outlandish. And, like, I... It's 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 difficult, right? Because also this chapter is also good at framing that Hagrid is also not the most responsible with animals. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there there is that great line about how, like uh, some people are funny about their pets. Like behind him, Buckbeak spit out a few bones or whatever. Like 
that like it, it it is showing that perspective but only for hagrid it's not it 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 wants us to feel that way for hagrid but not for hermione and like i think that you know hagrid is right that that friendship is more important than than sports but pets i mean I feel like friendship is probably intertwined a little bit more closely with what your fucking pet does to my pet, you know, like, God, I, I'm, re- I'm like realizing, I, you know, when I'm not watching 32nd to Mars, uh, AMVs online, <laughs> I'm probably on the Reddit relationships board. That's like oh, my, that's fuck. definitely my like guilty pleasure thing. For uh-huh, sure. uh-huh. I, I fucking love that board. And I think that like, I would call that an entire genre of people where their problem is like, I let my friend babysit my pet. The pet got lost or got hit by a car or like whatever. And it's like, I know it wasn't their fault. I know that they didn't do it intentionally, but I don't know if I can forgive them. And when I read those posts, I'm like, damn, I don't know if I could either. Like, and this seems like a step beyond that (laughs) because Uh this is a situation where Hermione, like, there was a clear issue. This cat throughout this entire book has been going after Scabbers, trying to kill Scabbers. Literally, when she met the cat for the first time, it was because the cat was in a store trying to attack Scabbers, right? And she is ignoring that over and over and over again. And I was totally fine with this because I was like, you know, this is an arc where Hermione is going to be in the wrong here. She... Is, has taken on too much and she's not being responsible. Um, she's not being responsible like in her academic career. She's not being mm-hmm. responsible in her personal life. But mm-hmm. even in this last two chapters, it's just like pivoted to being like, well, they're both wrong. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think they're yeah. both wrong. I, it doesn't but- matter if Ron cared about Scabbers, right? Like I do like that part of his character. Like mm-hmm. he, but, but like what the point is, is that he has had, like he has had his friend not be consider about considerate about his feelings. Absolutely, yeah. I the line Haggard says, like, like you know, like, oh, her cat behaved like any cat, like, like any cat does. Like, I don't like that's not a fucking excuse. Like, if if my dog mauls someone, that's you know, dogs. <laughs> oh well that's a fucking i mean like that like in the grand scope of like the natural order i guess that is true but in this particular case the dog would be my responsibility to make sure it didn't do that right because that's what domesticating a dog is and it it also it, it this has a, a thing of like this this sheds poor light on the buckbeak drama too because from that logic he shouldn't be sad about the Buckbeak thing either because Buckbeak absolutely also did what what any animal, wild animal would fucking do, right? Like, Yeah, and we get like a glimmer of sanity in this entire thing when he does say like people are pretty stupid about their pets. Um, but like this should be a theme of this book probably since this is like a parallel issue, right? Buckbeak attacked Malfoy because that's what Buckbeak does. But probably Hagrid was not responsible in having third years as their first lesson be with hippogriffs right like like this this makes that seem way more reasonable like like honestly it's not buckbeak that should be on trial this just makes this seem weird buckbeak shouldn't be on trial hagrid should be 
Like, yeah. And like, I get that Malfoy was, I mean, like, you know, just like Ron is probably hamming it up a little bit with, with how much he truly, you know, misses Scabbers. Like Malfoy was hamming up how much his arm really got injured, but ultimately that doesn't really fucking matter because Hagrid is an adult who put children in direct danger. Like, yes. And like, like I, and I get, and I get it. Obviously, like when a dangerous dog mauls someone, it's probably not the dog's fault, but the dog still gets put down, right? But Hagrid doesn't mm-hmm. like lose his job, or <laughs> I, it's just I don't know what this this whole because this is a theme. This is something that is coming up in multiple storylines, and I don't understand what the text is trying to say. And I it. thought that the firebolt would 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 also apply here, right? Like I thought that the firebolt would tie directly into this. Like Harry gets something that, like, you know, is powerful, but like he isn't strong and cool enough to control. You know, like like the fi- the first thing that should have happened when Harry got on the firebolt is he should have like gone too fast and flown right into a wall, right? Like 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 that that would be thematically appropriate for for the story that they are also trying to tell here with the the pets and and stuff and that you know hermione's academic work but it's just this is so muddled and weird and and makes me think less of hermione as a character and less of hagrid like there's just it's a mess and like the rest of this conversation is good like i'm i like i do agree with hagrid that like they should probably try to patch things up and talk to each other. But like, they're really glossing over the fact that Hermione's fucking pet killed another person's pet, or at least that's what the, you know, that's what, as, as far as they know is the case right now. Yes. Um, I, I feel like this is, you know, this is something that happens quite a bit in these books and i am sad to say that prisoner of azkaban is doing it because i still am really loving this book but it just seems like it undermines itself a little bit Mm -hmm. with what Mm -hmm. it is trying to say or what what these like character motivations are yeah Um, so that's just kind of a bummer like and i and i don't think that hermione's ever gonna say she's sorry because i'm pretty sure that the way this book is going to end is like oh she was right he was a man he the was whole a man time. he was an evil man the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i'm now very curious to know how this all resolves because it this has kind of gone in a, di- a direction that i don't like at all it's yeah. just so weird like the pet thing the, the pet thing just i mean on top of all this we've we've also like felt previously like jk rowling just seems to not like animals that much so is this like but she fucking loves sports equipment (laughs) is this like like much like how you know she writes like an alien trying to understand why humans like sports um is this like her trying desperately to think about like why people love pets and the answer is well they have they just have unpredictable natures and sometimes pets just kill other pets and gosh darn it you gotta (laughs) love them like is is that the sometimes your pet is an evil man the whole time (laughs) yeah so i'm not not into this this um not into this stuff uh as much uh the rest of this chapter i think is quite good yeah um and i still think there is a lot to like in the scene where they visit hagrid i like yeah. that he's been like that they are guilty and realizing that like oh they had some kind of weird dumb sports thing and just forgot about buckbeak right and that yeah you know, like oh they 
which which reads to me is very like a dumb dumb kid thing right because you're not thinking of other people you're thinking about the the very cool sports equipment that you just got um Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of like glimmers of good character stuff going on here that i still really like and i'm honestly probably wouldn't be picking at this so much if this book wasn't so stellar for like (laughs) the first three quarters of it yeah this is like the first stumble that this book has had uh and it's and it's all the more evident because of it really yeah and i think that like uh, uh, like this scene i had like the hagrid scene obviously i said all my nitpicks about and i do also have some nitpicks about the snape scene but we have a lot to go before we get there yeah um security trolls video security game trolls are here i can't believe um video games read this chapter and took trolls as being like a a variety and not like uh-huh. a job <laughs> these, are, troll. these are jobs that these trolls have they are not a a varietal of troll like ah oh, this is the, the security mutation of these the, trolls the, the allied race that you have to grind to exalted <laughs> for <laughs> just a little wow humor for our for our <laughs> listeners um yeah that's so that's good um another good uh dick joke in here the comparing the size of their clubs thing oh i think i missed Um, i think i just i breezed right past that one i I must have been i must have just been in absolute shock from from the the dick jokes in in the firebolt chapter Uh yeah no we get we get we get some good 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 dick jokes there and then hermione's being a little cop here a little bit um right okay well i just i don't think so i mean i don't think this is like snitch it this is like you're gonna get yourself killed you dumb idiot yeah and then she tells them ahead of time right like i guess yeah this is i guess i guess mcgonagall like like standing there being like where are you going this is hermione Mm. saying like you cannot do this i will i will tell mcgonagall like i don't want to get you in trouble yeah, but I don't I want you to that. die, especially because it was like literally two days ago that Sirius Black was standing over Ron That's with a true. fucking knife. <laughs> That's true. That yeah. That I guess it's 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 it's. I keep forgetting that like it's at this point Sirius Black, as far as they know, is like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like you know, like yeah. Like so, I guess, I guess it's a bigger deal. Uh, um. But just like like that was so like cringeworthy. Not like oh like. Not like internet. Oh, cringe. cringe, cringe compilation. Hermione. No, yeah, just like this. Like I, the the moment that like Hermione appears to it's talk like, to them, it's just like yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna tell on you if you do this. Just like, ugh, it hurts. This is, this is, it hurts yes. to read. Um, I think that's probably more. It's less that she's being a cop and more just like like it 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 kind of like winded me to read that because it's like I want this to be resolved. Like I I care about these characters, right? Like I want this to be resolved and and seeing yeah. this continue as yeah i I think this is another case though where i really like there have been two times so far where i think that hermione is both like she's just objectively right instead of just technically right and i think it's with the firebolt and i think it is it is here where she is Mm -hmm. concerned about their safety um i think this this is a case where it's like easy to forget that these characters are kids you know because uh, but when you look at it as a bunch of kids like you know sometimes it's better for your friends to be mad at you and alive than Mm -hmm. than dead (laughs) yes definitely 
Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like, uh, this, the, the, uh, the scene where Harry is like, uh, goodbye, Ron, I will see you in the common room where I will be doing my homework. Like, like, just very, <laughs> very, very fucking obvious what he's up to. Um, like, Hermione knows that he has an invisibility cloak, right? Like, she's not stupid. Um, I don't know. We uh, all like to forget that the invisibility cloak is there. <laughs> <laughs> at pretty much any time so um, whenever it's convenient yeah. yeah maybe there's some kind of like curse of forgetfulness on the the invisibility cloak neville is so sad here oh my god yeah because neville is like the obstacle and he's like harry you want to go play gobstones i forgot you're here too it's very pathetic mm-hmm and then the va- there's all this about the vampire essay, and the- just just it, it, I think I thought it was a cute a cute character moment for Neville, um, who has not really been in these books much since the first one. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Um, I actually want to take a little aside because now that you mentioned the vampire essay, because for our CW show that we're gonna mm, have, mm. Um, obviously Snape has to be in it. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be eighth year. How is he going to mm-hmm. survive? I submit that he's a vampire. Um, yes. And obviously this is like, was always like a popular fan theory, the like Snape is a vampire thing. And this is one of, I just want to point it out because this chapter is one of the big like evidences for that theory, even though JK Rowling says it's not true. And it's the, they are all doing an essay about vampires, which is Lupin's retaliation for Snape giving them essays oh. about werewolves. I like that actually. Right? Isn't that cute? Yeah. I think that's cute. I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, but actually, sure. I can I buy <laughs> that, honestly. Yeah, and it's like in this chapter where we also get the scene with Snape and Lupin having like that rivalry and um kind of knowing well, something Lupin that goes over says, Harry's head. Yeah. He Lupin brings even it says up. as they're leaving. Yeah, he like he like he like drops it like, oh, I need to talk to you about my vampire essay. Okay. I'm honestly, I could be convinced. <laughs> I could be convinced that, that that was maybe a scrapped plot line. Yeah, you know? right. That, no, that yeah. J.K. Rowling obvious. was like, no, like was like, absolutely not. He is never going to be a vampire. He's not a vampire. But hastily like, shredding, like shredding notes. the like, vamp- vampire Snape chapter. Yeah, that's why book four and five had to be rewritten so many times because she got mad that people figured it out that's my new theory yep. that's my theory that's a good theory um, i support it completely <laughs> yeah i i had never thought of that but I, I think that's very cute yeah um shrieking shack shrieking shack uh, the shrieking shack content in this chapter is excellent it I is very this. haunted up here it's so haunted we are definitely the most haunted podcast in britain yeah yeah and and the world i and will the say world. yeah for sure i know there are lots of podcasts about probably about ghosts and things and ours isn't necessarily but ours is definitely haunted our yeah ours isn't about hauntings it's just haunted straight up yeah absolutely um this is very cute uh the the line from ron very haunted up here isn't it is like one of my <laughs> favorite uh lines in this series period so far i think it's it's very good i also like the line about um like crabs muscles not being any use against ghosts <laughs> bulging <laughs> muscles were no <laughs> use against ghosts just i mean true yeah. i also like this 
this chapter does the lamp shading that I wish that Chamber of Secrets had about because Ron mentions like, oh, even the ghosts avoid the Shrieking Shack because it's too scary even for them, which is like that's a little contrived, but that is a a nice way to hide the fact that you've written characters that can fly through anything. You know, they could like see anything happening in a story because like in, in Chamber of Secrets, a ghost told them that no one had been to the Chamber of Secrets when he could like probably just float down and find it. You know, like that was. Yeah, I don't know what I I really liked that Um, when we were reading Philosopher's Stone, our kind of impression of it was that the ghosts were like kind of the like school counselors a little bit. Uh-huh. And that stuff has gone away completely. The ghosts yeah. were in the first book a lot. I'm kind of it's kind of a bummer that they're not around more. Um, but you know, when they're not being school counselors, you'd think that they could do a little search of search of the castle for that that uh, racism chamber. <laughs> um, I will say Harry's plan here. I don't know why the first thing he goes to is throwing mud. Like you could probably trip him or or pull. I don't know, knock him over. Like like getting your hands dirty with just a nice old big glob of mud is, Her- is not where Harry's my... a jock now. That's true. I don't know that what I- what that implication is that that's something jocks would do. It's just a <laughs> jocks <it's> just... <laughs> jocks jocks love mud cheerleaders and sports. That's, yeah, and, just rolling and, around and in the mud beer. before the big game. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-game ritual, just getting, <laughs> getting, getting muddy with the boys. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the the mud thing is is funny. I think this is a very funny scene, though. It did it's, make it's me great. laugh. It's 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 great. It was it was it was kind of a relief, honestly, because I was just like, oh right, this boogie is good. Like, like yeah um and so is the you know so he runs back to the castle and that and the snape scene is wow there's some great stuff in here god snape is so so messy he is a he is a rude dude in this in this chapter yeah his um his whole method to like figure out if Harry was in Hogsmeade to just immediately start like calling his dead dad like an (laughs) asshole yeah it's really that's quite the it's tactic it's well no 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 let's let's back up because the first thing how how long do you think he thought about and like planned out the thing about like oh he saw your head in hogsmeade if your head was in hogsmeade the rest of your body was in hogsmeade and no part of your body is allowed in hogsmeade. <laughs> that like, was the he's... best part that is easily that is his the best line in this book so far from him he, it is so good it's like he is loving it he is so fucking ready for this he's prepared like just like like he was prepared uh, like like snape will fucking do anything to to like to dunk on harry he will (laughs) he will he will run to the staff room to like dramatically sit in a chair like before and like now he'll like concoct like a fucking zinger to deliver to a 13 year old because he thought that he like went out on the town a little bit like oh it's so good also i'm gonna say this snape's not entirely wrong here the line the the part about like harry thinks he's better than everyone else and like you know everyone's trying to protect him and but like he thinks he's too good for the 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 unwashed masses and and 
we'll go yeah. to the candy store. Like, Snape's right. Yep, he is. I mean, he's kind of on Hermione's side here, right? Like, Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, your your best friend was almost killed in his bed two nights ago, and now you're off where you are not allowed to be because people mm-hmm. are trying to protect you? Like, that's pretty fucked up. On the, like... On the one hand, Snape is right. On the other, I get extremely, like, strong vibes that Snape is the kind of guy that, like, gets called, like, a nerd on the street by a 13-year-old and gets extremely angry. Like, you know know those adults that just, like, like, will flip their shit if some, like, like, dumb kid, like, calls them a name? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like, (laughs) like, this is the ultimate, like, like... I don't know, like, you, you 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 see these all the time, like, like people on, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, like, like, someone will say, like, like, fuck you, idiot, or something, and they'll be like, <laughs> your mother fucking, uh, such a fucking bitch, for, uh, uh, like, 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 just, like, go off the fucking handle, like, you're gonna, you're gonna be fucking dead soon, pal, like, yeah. You're lucky. You're lucky. I'm. You're lucky. I'm here and not in. You know, <laughs> turn your location on, bitch. I'm gonna come. Like, like let's fight. We're, name a place. I'll buy the ticket. We'll yes. meet halfway. <laughs> Snape is definitely channeling a little bit of that here. Um, I don't know what his damage is that he is so provoked by a 13 year old when he should be like in complete control here. I guess that. I mean, that's not a nitpick because that's just like a goofy character thing. I will say my one nitpick about this otherwise excellent scene, good Snape content, is that this telling of this story seems very contrived to me. Yeah. Not as contrived as the story in the Three Broomsticks about Sirius Black, but this just doesn't, this seems like a big self-own, honestly. It really does, right? (laughs) Uh, I actually didn't remember that Dumbledore had told Harry that um, that James had saved Snape's life. I right, that's the beginning that it, of the first book. Yeah, I assumed it was just like in one of those long Dumbledore speeches that I just couldn't, whatever. I forgot that Harry knew that. So Harry gets in a little bit of an argument with Snape because Snape starts calling him like arrogant like his father. and And Harry says... My father wasn't arrogant. I know you're just you're just mad because he saved your life. And then Snape launches into this story, which is, I mean, the the. Gist I have of, the story here. Which yeah, please I, tell me this this incredible, uh, not a self own story. What the Snape fuck tells. did you just fucking say about me, <laughs> little bitch? I'll have you know, I graduated top of my class in the Navy SEALs, and I've been involved in numerous secret raids in Al Qaeda, and I have oh over three hundred. Yep, that's the speech. It's crazy that that, uh, Snape was provoked into saying that. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I can find find the real story here, because it is is also very good. Um, um, Harry bit his lip. He didn't know what had happened and didn't want to admit it, but Snape seemed to have guessed the truth. I would hate for you to run away with a false idea of your father, Potter, he said, a terrible grin twisting his face. Have you been imagining some act of glorious heroism? Then let me cor- uh, then let me correct you. Your saintly father and his friends played a highly amusing <laughs> joke on me that would have resulted in my death if your father hadn't gotten cold feet at the last moment. 
There was nothing brave about what he did. He was saving his own skin as much as mine. Had their joke succeeded, he wouldn't have been expelled from Hogwarts. Not a very cool story. I'm, I'm it's just really gotta be not. Honest. Almost got killed from a prank, uh, but they saved this me at the it, last Chief. minute, actually. <laughs> I, not I just, well, like <laughs> there are no detail. There are no details there. It's no more or less detail than what uh, Dumbledore told Harry. So, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, like that good of a defense, Snape. It seems embarrassing. Also, also, uh, Harry straight up hates Snape's guts. Telling him that his dad nearly killed him might maybe not the uh, I don't know, maybe not the way to go. Like, oh, you think you, you <laughs> think your dad? You think your dad was cool? Well, actually, he sucked. He actually, nearly he bullied me. me. He actually bullied me a lot in school. So. <laughs> You think your you think your dad was cool? Well, guess what? He he called me a little fucker all the time and <laughs> pulled my pants down and stuffed me in a locker. <sighs> he did literally pull his pants down like that. <laughs> that is what. Oh God, that's right! I forgot about that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm not feeling like this was Snape's greatest defense, and in that way, it felt very <laughs> contrived. Like I know that that like. We, we really needed to hear that story to get context about the Marauders, I guess, and, like, why Snape hates Sirius Black and all of that, which I think is good tension later on in the book, although I guess we'll see. But just the method of telling this story is very silly. It's very funny. And yeah, this is... And, and, like, to be fair, I think this is meant to be sort of, like, a, like a gap in Snape's defenses, almost, because, like... Harry does get him with the with the mention of his father, right? Like, yes, like like he is legit pissed about that. So, I, yeah, I could see this like being intentionally like un you know uncool on Snape's part, but it is very funny that I he just, thinks that that's like I just want Snape his, to be cool. Is that so much not, to ask? He's not. He's cool. I mean, I, he is. I love Snape, but he's not cool. I think he's pretty cool. He's he's pretty cool. <laughs> I yeah this this is this is tough because like the marauder stuff is like both some of the best character drama that the series has to offer but also the beginning of the end of snape's character for me yep absolutely so we're teetering on the edge here yeah i i don't yeah i guess i read this scene and i'm not enjoying the feeling of of teetering yeah right yes we're we're the creeping dread the creeping dread of like soon soon this is all gonna fall apart but right here this is great and also lupin's entrance and 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 conversation with snape here is i love it it's delicious yes it is the drama is fantastic i had a really hard time summarizing this scene because it is a um i guess for two reasons one this is a scene where i think on a first read through you're not supposed to realize but on a second it is extremely obvious that Snape knows that that Lupin made the map and and knows mm-hmm. who they are um, and is talking around it in front of Harry and it's all going over Harry's head. Um, mm-hmm. And also because I read a Reddit question about it where people read uh-huh. this and didn't realize that that was the case. Um, it's extremely obvious that Snape knows who made the map. <laughs> and what it is it's it's really good and it feels super obvious and like the fact that this is a like wow just just realized that that uh jk teased this early in the book it's like 
this isn't really a tease. This is a, a, a floodlight kind of like like Lupin's behavior here is so clearly like, you know, he, he's hastily like, oh, I don't know who the I don't know, know what the deal with this is. But uh, well, Ron says that he got it from a joke shop and gave it to Harry. So good enough for me. Like, like it's so clearly just just uh, fucking with Snape a little bit. Yeah. And, and Snape is uh, clearly telling telling Lupin, like, I know this is you. Um, so it's a very good scene. There is, there is no ambiguity here. None, none, none whatsoever. I will say that I think that the, uh, the insults that, that, uh, the map conjures up kind of lame. I feel like they could have gone a little harder on Snape here. Um, yeah, I need to know how old, cause I don't know when they made the map, right? I don't know if they were in second year or sixth year because there's a big difference between insults that a 12 year old will say to you and insults that a 16 year old will say to you um okay so so harry potter uh shrieking shack lore is that actually mooney wormtail paffet and prongs were bambi rat face little little bitch bitch and 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 whatever what their insults would have been probably would have been way better oh man yeah that that would be some real video game style uh, uh there. one of them would be so okay one of them would just like you know like the the big like ascii middle finger thing that people put on like steam profiles and whatever one would be that hell yeah um one would be probably just be like you're gay but with the wrong your right yeah like, that's that's serious black for sure um i think that the, the that... middle finger is uh lupin um um and then one of them would be that video of a guy getting the message on xbox live uh that says you're just jealous that i can do it with my fucking hands oh, and guitar that, that's james 100 <laughs> percent. he just plays the oh the opening riff to enter sandman god that um, is my favorite video online <sighs> We're gonna. I'm gonna put that audio in here just just to grace the people who who may not have heard. That <sighs> That's incredible... my favorite. I'm gonna listen to that after we finish recording. <laughs> um, I think those that I think those could 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 dig at Snape much much deeper. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and Wormtail and would just say a would... slur. That's, no. <laughs> that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, okay. I would be that, or or, and this this might be James. Honestly, uh, it would say like you know, prongs is is proud to award professor snape with uh the national award for bofa and snape <laughs> would go what's bofa <laughs> and then the map would say bofa these nuts bitch and then snape would be so mad yeah that would really really get to him yeah yeah so yeah the, the actual insults that are in the book are like are pretty lame i i gotta say um, yeah, but I, not, I not guess they big. were they were students in what the eighties, seventies. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, late seventies, I think. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe these. Uh, that's why they're very quaint, quaint, tame seventies insults. Yeah. Um, is there much else in this chapter? I think I think that's kind of oh. kind of the last. Oh, I actually like just left off something from the end of my summary which is oh. that the chapter ends on a like kind of cliffhanger because 
like Hermione runs up to Harry and Ron ah, and right. there and Ron is like pissed at her is like go what what are you doing here to gloat and she's like no I'm just here to tell you that Buckbeak lost his case and is going to be executed so that is the actual end of the chapter I totally like missed my bullet point on my on my list here so I guess that sucks but we don't have much to talk about there because it's just like the last sentence of the of the chapter it's, yeah it's this 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 i will say this book in general has very good chapter endings they're all very tv episode ending um good page turner style stuff i don't really have much to say about buckbeak's trial here though we didn't say during the Hag- hagrid scene though yeah like until we actually get into it um so yeah, I think this is a much better chapter than the last one, and I'm hoping oh, that yeah. it, it, God, I'm yes. hoping that it will keep going back up. I hope, I hope I... that, I hope that the, well, I say that the next chapter is called the Quidditch Final. No, and God, I... no, I did, I did not look <clears throat> ahead yet, so that's terrible news. So maybe not. So maybe not. But can uh, we skip yeah, that I, one? I, is that allowed? No, oh. I'm sorry. I feel like we I'm should sorry. both get one skip. Like for this, one, just, for like the entirety of the podcast, and it's like, like one an emergency each. button. It's like we're vetoing this chapter. Do you want to use yours this early though? No, I'm, no, I'm, I will be using it on. Uh, I actually know the chapter, and it's called "The Prince's Tale." Um, oh boy! <laughs> so that's that's yeah. my skip. Just kidding. We won't do that. We we have just to. kidding. I will. I'm gonna make you read that chapter. Oh, you're now. using like, your veto to reverse my to veto. veto exactly wow i need you to talk about that that i can't believe you would do this to me um (laughs) so yeah i think that's it for me for this chapter i will say like as a little personal note i feel like it's probably come through um to uh our listeners that i'm i'm a bit of an animal lover i have Mm -hmm. a very distinct memory that flooded back to me when i read this chapter and it's of being a kid reading this for the first time and I read that Buckbeak was going to be executed and I was so close to putting it down and not reading anymore. Oh, <laughs> like I, I was so just absolutely destroyed by that. I was like, I can't read this, but I did. <laughs> I did press on and, and will do this you, time as well. You persevered. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can relate. I, I also love, I love it. And especially look, it's a, it's a big bird horse. Like there's, What's not to love? Yeah, he's very cute on the cover too of the the American edition. <laughs> he's very cute. Uh, I just noticed that Harry is wearing Adidas in in on the cover. Well, yeah, uh, obviously, and I'm not really sure who that other person on the cover is. Um, I assume <laughs> it's unsure. Hermione, but it just looks like Ginny. It looks like Ginny to me, but so so not only does Harry have the best room, <laughs> but he also has the most expensive sneakers. He's he's got some good some nice Adidas kicks. That's great. All right, I think it's time for us to take a break because we have some work to do after the break. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't wait. All right, I will see you after the break. back from break thanks i hope you've i hope you are mentally rested uh, i hope so too 
I hope you are are ready to undertake a very important task that has been given to us. Uh oh. We heard a lot about the firebolt. Uh, this oh week. God, yeah, we did. <laughs> um. So we have been handed an assignment here. Uh, we are going to create some broom competitors. Oh, for well, the that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, going to kind of run us down some, like, I guess types, you know, types of brews. We're going to do like a firebolt competitor and then like, maybe like a, you know, what's a, what's a budget version of that. But, but we're, we're going to, you know, come up with a name. We're going to come up with some features and maybe, maybe some wizard marketing. Are you, are you up to this? Are you up yeah, to the, the task? Free, the free market proves itself yet again. Hell yes. We're, yes. We're going to prove we're gonna prove we're gonna live the American wizard dream. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this. To, we're making specifically. It's time to make some American brooms. We're an American company. American company. American brooms made in America. Um, and it's time to stick it to those fucking limeys over there with their firebolts and their nimbuses. It's about time. All right. So our first product that we're going to need to 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 get out there, uh, we, we need a direct firebolt competitor. I'm talking like like, you know, top of the line sports broom. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Where do we start? Do we start with the name? Uh, yeah, I think so. And honestly, I think we can probably do better than firebolt. Firebolt sucks. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. Um. Do you think that uh like firebolt is a like in a line of brooms that we don't know like do you think that there's like a thunderbolt oh that would, like, that would make sense right like the thunderbolt must have been the first because what the hell was a firebolt and then and there's then they, a lightning bolt and then they did like maybe they diverged and did like oh the 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 firestorm models and then they were like we're rolling these into one now and it's the it's the firebolt yeah yeah so I'm trying. So I don't want to like take anything that was probably in their line, like because my first thought was just will be the Thunderbolt. Also because that sounds like it was the original. Um, like they sound like they would be a knockoff of the Thunderbolt, not the other way around. That's true. Um, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to step on their toes. Um, so let me think. Fire is what's what's i mean lightning is faster than fire i mean fire is pretty fast and we're getting that that, uh, <laughs> that wildfire smoke from canada so Ooh, we sure are mm. my car is covered in ash it's great yeah so like smoke travels pretty fast so we could be like the the our sports broom could be like the 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 smoke darter the gun smoke gun five f- 40 this is a very american on brand and it's like you know you're fat fast as a bullet longhorn long the the long smoke (laughs) (laughs) the long smoke it's just like (laughs) the fat rip (laughs) that's a different that's a different broom yeah Um, yeah for sure Um, oh god yeah, uh, no, I I, I kind of like you know, oh, like, like well, gun, see, gun smoke is a cool name, but I guess it doesn't really imply speed. That's like a post speed thing, but but maybe I mean, if we're if you know if we want to lean into the American branding, that that could work. Or, I mean, I think we should. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I am now drawing a blank about anything about America other than guns. <laughs> I well, there's so many options though. You could have like, yeah, oh, the six shooter. The what if Smith and Wesson made brooms? Oh, yeah, I that makes sense to me. I feel like they would. Okay, you know what? I think this is canon because here I have a I have a, a defining feature for our broom. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. It has a it has a rail on the front. <laughs> so you. <laughs> We're, yeah. we're making brooms with rails on that you can put scopes and flashlights and, and grenade launchers on. That sure sounds like a traveling broom to me, not like a sports That's broom. That's true. Yeah, okay, let's let's save that then. Let's file that away, but we, w- we will be putting a rail on, on the broom. I guess for a sports broom, though, it needs I'm, to be a I'm little... I'm betraying my, my lack of knowledge about sports branding here. Yeah, well, I mean, like... Like, I don't know, like, like, you know, you can, there's definitely a difference between like bad cleats and good cleats, right? But a big part of it is style, right? Like, like, sure. People, yeah. People I mean, are cleats into don't make you stuff. run faster. Right. Like a big part of it is style. So let's just say that, like, if we're confident that our engineers are going to be making a broom that is at least like on par with a Firebolt performance wise, you know, or, or competitive, we just need to make the cooler looking sports broom. It's um, very difficult to make a broom look cool. Very difficult, which is why I think that we should be hiring Kanye West to make the the broom look like a Yeezy. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's red. It's got like some some foam on the bottom. How about that? The back of it is like instead of instead of twigs, it's got like uh, I don't know, like it, like a. Like a big, like a big, like artsy looking minimalist, like swoop. Like it's just the same material. <laughs> I feel like at first I betrayed my lack of knowledge about sports equipment. Now I'm betraying my lack of knowledge about style, which really <laughs> I'm getting a little bit, a little bit cornered here. Um, I would like to make a broom that's extremely loud. Uh, oh, that's true. I'm trying to, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of like car stuff, like right? American like you, Muscle. Like, yeah, it's like vroom vroom. Like you, you kick off on your broom, and it just like it sounds like something exploded. Yeah, it just like does like a like a like a jet engine like wind and like <laughs> like wind up every time you go like like. <laughs> it's like in a video game where you like you know like where you hold down a trigger to like charge up and boost it has that going for it like like that's our broom's special features it has a boost uh yeah you squeeze the handle and it like and it like goes it goes like three two one and like blasts off in, the street <laughs> in a straight line it's really cool but your turning isn't quite as good but if you can use it well it'll it's really good and you can and it can drift yeah, and people that that are you know big fans of these brooms, they'll they'll talk about how you know they're not as easy to drive as a fireball, but they're just so fun. They're just yeah, so they're, fun to drive. <laughs> they're they're way more fun to drive. You know they they may turn like a boat, but they go faster in a straight line. Um, yeah, if you give them enough time to, they might not accelerate or turn or or anything. But god damn it, if you keep going in a straight line for a while, it will go pretty fast. I like that. Yeah, I feel like we need to face a reality of 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 broomstick making, and it's that broomsticks are very phallic. They are. Do we embrace it or do we move away from it? 
That's a good question. Um, I, I will say I have a little aside, and it's that I follow Hogwarts Logics on oh, Twitter, our favorite which we've, Twitter talked, we've talked about a lot. A lot, um, and they do post some some good aggregate content for me about Harry Potter. But lately, I feel like they've just been retweeting ads for these penis pillows. Mm-hmm. Maybe sure ten, have. maybe ten times a day into my timeline. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, like maybe maybe that's something we sell. It's like a novelty broom and it's for like a bachelorette party and it just it's oh, just a dick. Like like a broom that you get at Spencer's Gifts or something? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like really cheap. It's not going to run for very long um cuz it's like a it's like a party favor novelty kind of thing. Yeah. And then at a bachelorette party, it's like, okay, everyone it's ti- time to take turns riding around on the dick broom. Yeah, well, they all have they... like their like penis hats and like the penis <laughs> like necklaces and stuff, and and we rented a dick broom. Um, I'd just like to point out that like Hasbro made that a reality when they made that one Nimbus two thousand <laughs> that like vibrates. Oh, for her pleasure, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's less of a novelty though. You know, I feel like that's a that's a whole nother can of worms that's there. true that's a different kind of novelty i guess yeah um, I, again i am i am distracting us from me not being able to come up with a sports broom <laughs> but god if there if there's a bachelor party broom think, i've got it i think i think the gun smoke and it goes really fast in a straight line if you let it but it can't turn uh and, you know that <laughs> seems pretty good and like like maybe the like Oh, like okay so it's like a broom and it's like you know obviously it's sleek like the firebolt so it can you know can go go real fast but like in the handle like like a kind of like where you would put your hands when you're gripping it it's got like etched into it or maybe like maybe maybe like even built in like on the luxury version just has like a revolver uh uh cylinder sure to let, yeah to why let you not? know to let you know that it's like a cool gun this sounds like a new overwatch character oh oh no like like flies around on a broom that is a gun oh by the way uh a a listener pointed out uh did did you catch that in the um in uh the that russian harry potter ripoff where the girl rides around on a double base that the quidditch equivalent is called dragon ball what which no i didn't see that yeah it's called dragon ball which i think is way okay if Quidditch, instead of Quidditch, Harry and like everyone just like watched episodes of Dragon Ball Z and like that was what they were into. That would be so much better. Who's the anime kid at Hogwarts? Oh, that's is it Dean Thomas again? Because he's like into Star Wars too. Do you think he's like the Mm. anime kid? It's like, no, I think he's into like Star Wars and Marvel. I bet Luna is super into like Yaoi and (laughs) and like, like she's, oh, you want to watch, you want to read House Club, Harry, with me? Um, yeah, I can see that. Uh, or maybe, um, maybe Fred and George, but they're like really into like they're kind of like like snobby old school anime fans. They like won't watch anything past ninety ninety five or something. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Fred and George are the guys that that like famous Dragon Con tape, the, like the bootleg of Dragon Ball that says like "We know what you did, Miami Mike." <laughs> <laughs> they're they're they are miami mike they 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 enchanted a, a a tape to like say like oh this has uh this has akira on it sub subtitled and actually it didn't it was just like 
photos of scabbers or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm really jealous that the the Russian Harry Potter gets to have so- anything other than Quidditch. Yeah, they get to they get to play Dragon Ball, which just sounds fucking cool. We are getting a uh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mark this down. We have the Gunsmoke. The Guns. What's a good number? That's our for sports it? broom. Gun, guns. Uh, the Gunsmoke. Uh, trying to I'm trying to think of something good. Gunsmoke. Three sixty. Gunsmoke. Three sixty. Because the because the. Because the revolver thing spins when you're flying. When you see it, you turn 360 <laughs> degrees and walk away. Um, By the way, it is, uh, as far as brooms go, it turns 360 degrees very slowly. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm glad that um, I was able to bring up that reference in the same episode where we got to hear the Navy SEALs coffee pasta. Got some um, good I feel like this is, stuff. we're really kind of on brand this, this episode. <laughs> uh speaking of branding let's move on to our next broom let's 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 talk about that travel the outdoorsman broom sure uh, we yeah. need a ra- we're gonna rail on that bad boy um what <laughs> accessories do we want on this thing um uh, i i'm just thinking of like real accessories because i know there's like a broom compass in uh probably a flare I think there's probably, you know, because you're you're maybe taking a, a broom trip over Yellowstone because we're here. We're an American company and you probably you probably crash in the woods and you're going to need a flare. That's a good. Yeah. Flare. Um, I think it, you could probably. So, so, you know, you put a scope on it. Maybe there's an under rail, too. So you could like put a rifle on it for like like like, you know, American wizards going on like hunting trips or whatever. Sure. Um. Uh. And and it, like it's 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 a the only color the broom comes in is that stupid fucking woodland camo that everyone wears. <laughs> um, yeah. On like Duck Dynasty and stuff. Um. It's just the worst looking broom. Looks like a turd. Has two rails on it. Uh. It's for idiots. You put definitely put a tripod on it. I think maybe the broom is a gun. What if the broom? Here it is. Instead of a broom, you're just, it's just a long rifle that you can ride like a broom. Well, yeah, that's what that that is what they call an American broom. Um, an American broom is just a gun. <laughs> Which way do you ride it? Are you, I guess uh, the I guess you're like holding forward. the bar- you're holding the barrel. If we're going with like phallic imagery here, absolutely. Like, which like, we certainly are. <laughs> where you're sitting, you're sitting on the like the stalk sticks out, kind of like the like the broom tail does, I think. Um, and then and then you know it shoots out the front. Um, uh, it has a tripod if you need to like land. If okay, holy shit, I've got like okay, J.K. Rowling is like wrapping up Harry Potter into like real world events, right? Oh, yeah. So get this. Dallas, Texas. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald Uh is in the is in the book depository. He fires. He fires one shot. Then he mounts. He mounts his broom, (laughs) flies over to the other side of the street to the grassy knoll. And like does a cool like like he does like a tactical roll getting off the broom and then like getting it ready to fire again. And that's how like, the, that assassination went down. Wow, we solved it. He's a he was a dark wizard and he 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 it was a broom. God, show it, me that movie. 
that's good. That's my pitch for the next, like, once Fantastic Beasts is over. Actually, Fantastic Beasts could get there. There's five movies. We know World War II is going to be in one of them. Like, maybe the last one is Newt Scamander, like, <laughs> and the Cuban Missile Crisis or something. We have had so many pitch. You know, they've really, they've broken it all wide open with this Wizarding World cinematic universe. And uh, we just have so many ideas for them. We have so many ideas, and they better take them from us because, like, look, I, I'm just saying, like, like, JK, the American magic stuff that you wrote, like, with all the Native American, like, stuff being fake, but your magic being real, that stuff's bullshit. Come to us, we'll revamp it, uh, and make it so that brooms are guns, and, um, shit, there's so many other cool fucking things you could do with that, like... Like that's that's so many famous uh like famous unsolved uh murders and stuff like God like that's solved. famous that's famous historical duels too but there is yeah. error. that's way cooler the okay you thought the okay corral was cool but it'll be way cooler when at high noon they were flying into the air to have like a a dog fight on brooms Ugh, yeah fuck yeah Sherman's march to the sea. Uh, but they were all they were all flying flying on brooms that had flamethrowers on them and just burning <laughs> Georgia to the ground. <laughs> okay, I think, yeah, I'm, I think I think I'm gonna pull it back here because I, you know we were talking about our traveling broom, and I think it's like probably like a workhorse broom. I mean, it's obviously a gun because it's an American broom, but it just like okay, I have a name for it too. Ooh. It doesn't really match our imagery, but it is called the Phoenix. And the reason it's called the Phoenix is uh-huh. because it can lift incredibly heavy loads, and it has it has um, a trailer hitch so you can hitch your RV to it. Yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it has a trailer hitch, and also if you really like splash for the like the, the top of the line one, it has like one of those helicopter winches. <laughs> So it can like lift stuff straight up in the air. Yeah. And all the like ads for, I mean, I guess, I guess there's no TV, right? There's no television ads, but I guess like pictures move. So our ad is like those like crazy ads that we get for like the Ford F-150. And then it like shows it hauling like a brick (laughs) wall. It's all that. It's all our broom, like, like deadlifting, like it's bricks or cinder blocks or whatever. Exactly oh my god that v yes yes yeah it's, it's like like slow motion footage of brooms like in a construction site like hauling materials around and like yeah and crashing cresting through like hills. cg walls um and then the like our mascot for the broom is like a it's a phoenix but he's like a cartoon phoenix and he's really buff like he's like flexing <laughs> he's like a buff flex yeah buff flexing phoenix with like a big and he's like voiced by like sam rockwell or something just someone with like a real i don't know sam rockwell is not the actor i was thinking of there i'm thinking of the guy with the big mustache from big lebowski but i can't remember his name guy has a very cowboy voice he's he voices the uh the mascot um and and uh the main problem is that muggles keep on discovering him because they do maintain a twitter account and all the furries started <laughs> tweeting at them after Tony the Tiger told them to stop bothering him. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, but you know, I, I we I support the furries tweeting it at brands. Yeah, just uh, planting my Let flag them... there. 
with the furries. Let them have their fun. Okay, this is one hell of a sidebar, but they were kind of asking for it with Tony the Tiger. Absolutely. Like, like, come on. What 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 did you expect people? Oh, like, oh, people no one's gonna find this incredibly buff tiger attractive. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like Yeah, he looks you, like one of the tiger those like dancing tigers from Zootopia. Zootopia the end of Zootopia? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, perfect. Okay, so we have our we have our sports broom. We have our our traveling broom. Um I'm thinking like we need a luxury sedan, something that's like, like affordable, but still classy enough that like boomers can buy it and feel like yeah. they have a really expensive car. You know, yeah, it's it's affordable, uh, but if it breaks, the parts are really expensive. Yeah, um, yes, exactly. Yeah, it has to have like a stupid name too. Like, um, I, I'm having a hard time not just thinking of car names. <laughs> the Dijon. Yeah, it's the DiGiorno. It's the DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we don't run into any uh, issues with, uh, like, legally speaking. Well, we're kind of daring them. We're daring them, right? Because cause if they cause if they can't after us in court, they'd be breaking, like, a million, like, muggle wizard protection laws. So it's like, come at us. We're also the DiGiorno. God, actually, that's like, that's like the fucking strat, right? Like, as a, like, a wizarding business, like, the muggles aren't gonna, like, come after you. Just take their branding. Make a BMW. What is BMW yeah. gonna do to you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like, oh, well, I've noticed that muggles really like these Lamborghinis, so we're just gonna, like, take that. So it's take just like... Take their branding. Take their marketing. Take, like, every part of their... bootleg, yeah. bootleg ass brooms that have, like, the Ferrari logo, but like backwards or something. Hell yes. I feel like that's like a big like Wizarding World scandal. It's like because wizards aren't gonna know. They all like they go out there, they buy their like Lamborghini brooms, they're like, this is incredible. And like the broom maker has made up like this like fake history to go with it and then stolen all the marketing. And then like one muggle-born sees it, and then there's like an expose in the news where it's, like actually this is all stolen. Yeah, you know, they recognize the Lamborghini. So, okay, so that's what we're okay. So that's so so this is the lore. That's our job. So like all the big companies have been uh, have been scuttled by the ministry for 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 that. (laughs) Uh So now now we have an opportunity in the market. So do we go with the DiGiorno name and hope that no one notices because it's not a car or or do we? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because like. Who would believe that we would take our name for our luxury broom from a like a frozen pizza? A frozen pizza. Like no way. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we have so the luxury, the luxury sedan, the 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 complete middle of the road fake fancy car, the DiGiorno. Yeah. Um it has okay. So I'm imagining like cause because like this is a, a passenger car, right? Um passenger broom. Um I'm thinking it's like a long broom. It has like the uh, like like a prong at the front where the pilot goes, but then it's kind of like a Y wing almost, where it like branches off and there's like f- two seats on each side. Oh hell yeah! Um, and also it has uh, behind the where the where the you know the pilot is sitting, it has a TV so your kids can watch Frozen. Perfect. Yeah, or I guess a pe- I guess a piece of parchment where your kids where your can... kids can watch Frozen. <laughs> your kids can watch Frozen. 
<laughs> where your kids can watch the, the the CGI version of the Tales of Beetle the Bard. The, the, here's the, the here's your here's your parchment to watch Frozen. Now get it in the DiGiorno. <laughs> I'll buy you I'll buy you a Fortnite skin if you just get in the DiGiorno. <laughs> we're going to visit we're going to visit Grandma. Yeah, that sounds great. Nothing could go wrong with that plan. The DiGiorno comes in like a bunch of colors. Um, you know, there's some you can get like leather seats or just like the regular seats. Um, you can put racing seats in it if you want. Like a lot of people do that, um, and it looks really stupid. Um, uh, and um, there's like a maybe there's like a big modding community for it too. Like people like buy them and like cut off the prongs and stuff. So like, you know, it's pretty good if you just kind you know cut the extra weight off. It, you know, it'll it'll go toe to toe with a gun smoke for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, what's the what's the wizarding equivalent of putting like like lighting on your broomstick, right? Like, you oh, know, you people should... put like strip lights on their cars or whatever. They, in in the book, they actually mention like you know enchanting brooms and stuff or whatever. So I'm imagining like like oh, I've put a uh, an enchantment on this broom that makes it like look like it's on fire when I'm flying or something or like yeah like. Or like this one, this one um, uh, makes it real loud. Or this one makes it real. This one, you just put whistle tips on your broom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you get brooms. Like, what would the equivalent of like spinners be, or like rims be for a broom? I guess like gilding it, like or like replacing the twigs with like metal or something. Like, there's got lots of customization options for the DiGiorno. Just little pinwheels. You just stick some, stick some pinwheels on the yeah. <laughs> wind chimes or like those those awful fucking um uh wind socks. Like, well, yeah, wind socks just hanging off the back. There you go. Yeah, uh, the DiGiorno. Yeah, the the main yeah the you know the 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 main appeal of the DiGiorno is that like you know just like a pizza, you can put whatever you want on it. Nice. There's probably just like a, a flag holder too. Oh, one hundred percent for sure. You can you can fly your your American flag. You can fly your "Don't Tread on Me" flag. Um, <laughs> just hanging off the back of a giant broom. It's like, oh, it's the fucking guy again. Yeah, you can fly those like weird flags that old ladies have on their houses sometimes that are just like an illustration of some flowers and birds can you get like mud flaps with a sexy lady on them sexy sexy pinup lady flag um yeah <laughs> oh, there's like a lot of options does the does the gun smoke have like a like a, a world war ii like jet shark face on it because it absolutely should yeah i think the thing with the gun smoke is like it's a sports broom like you're using it for sports so it is maybe like the only broom that isn't a gun, right? Like, yeah, it, they, it they looks took like out one. The, that's why it's that, okay. So that's what because like you know the firebolt probably has it beat on like turning and 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 stuff. But like that's why it's such a revolutionary thing for the uh, American broom community is because they figured out a way to make a broom that isn't a gun and it you know is so much lighter because of that. Yeah, incredible. The DiGiorno, by the way, definitely has a gun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like goes without saying, the, both the DiGiorno and, and our, our traveling broom, the Phoenix, the, those are guns. Yeah. 
Great. Well, I I think we've I think we've cracked it. I think I think you know because we're, we're we're about to to expand to the English market. Um, so I'm looking forward to to the success of the DiGiorno, the Gunsmoke 360, and the <laughs> Phoenix. The free market has done it again. What can I say? The free market has done it again. Um, if you have a broom idea or design, you can email it to us at treecast at gmail.com and maybe we'll read it on the show and absorb it, steal your idea, and uh, we'll make a big, big profit off of that. Yeah. Um, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them for letting us use that as our theme song. You can subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content. We have Let's Plays. We have episodes. We should be... Uh, we've got a couple right now. We have our, one about the Satanic Panic. We have our review of Fantastic Beasts, the film. Uh, we'll ha- having some more coming up. We hinted earlier about uh, Pottermore essays, or excuse me, not Pottermore, Leaky Cauldron essays. Um, uh, the wide world of 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 insane fan theories. Uh, if you like the show, you can review us on iTunes. That is always a huge help, and we do appreciate it. Um, and Liz, what are we reading next week? We are reading chapter 15, the Quidditch final. Woo! And chapter 16, Professor Trelawney's prediction. Ernest woo. Yes. Well, I've never felt more sincere about this advice after reading that fucking Firebolt chapter. But please read another book. Please read another book. Makes Ocean Raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise